Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Can he tie the game with 34 seconds left? Short, damn ah, kickers. Ah, ah. He's Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jason Minix. The Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. A man who loves all kickers. Joining us now on the Buyers Barricades guest line, our good friend Indy Kalu. I can only imagine, my friend, what was going through your mind as that ball doinked off the crossbar. I was cursing before he even had a chance to kick the field goal because I did not want to put the game in the hands of a kicker, let alone a kicker that was bragging about being on his couch just a couple of weeks before it. But you know what? Six inches a little bit further and, you know, maybe I would have an appreciation for kickers. But all it did was prove the disdain that I have for those people. Well, he missed, two, people. He missed two field goals, Indy. Yeah, I mean, that, that's part of my point. Now, the last one is the one that's going to be etched into my memory. But, yeah, he missed two. He only has – he literally only has one job. Like, one job is to make field goals, and you can't do that. It's it's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> Indy Kalu. Um, why do coaches always lie to us? They say they're speaking their lying. You, you know what, though? I never understood with certain questions – why coaches, and I don't even know where you're going with this, Jason, but there are times where coaches lie or they act like uh, that's too invasive of a question, and it's like, come on, man, it's a freaking game. Just answer the question. But I'm curious to what brought that question. So yesterday morning, D'Amico Ryans, your good friend, mm-hmm. said mm-hmm. that we're sticking with Matt Amendola as our kicker. And about an hour after the press conference, the Texans sent out a press release that he had been released. They fired him. Right? Why? Why couldn't D'Amico tell us uh, when he was talking to the media that yeah, we're we're getting a different kicker? If that guy's not going to lose another game for us, the only excuse I can give my good buddy, I call him Young Meek, uh, D'Amico, is I, I've heard in the past when you're contemplating or working a transaction at the eleventh hour, it falls through. So maybe, just maybe, he didn't want to you know, say, yeah, we're about to change our kicker. And then for some reason they couldn't sign the guy that they expected to sign. And then you have another week of Danny Amendola. You know, you have to at least put up the front that you haven't lost faith in him. So maybe that's what it is. Like, if you're thinking about separating from your wife, but you haven't really finalized the divorce yet, you know, you're not going to put it out there publicly until until it's, you know, truly done. So maybe Did you just why. compare your wife to a kicker? I would never. You know what? If I did that, then she deserves more than half. <laughs> We're just seeing a post that says Brett Maher is working out for the Texans. The former Dallas Cowboy kicker 
is coming to Houston. That, uh, again, like <laughs> all jokes aside, kickers, and, unless you're talking about, you know, the, the elite of the elite, the Chris Boswells of the wor- wor- world, you know, shout out to Rice University, you, you know, the top, top kickers, the Sebastian Janikowski's, like they're all Justin Tucker from like, Texas. Just, you know, if you want to throw him in there, but uh, they're, they're just all interchangeable except for, like, the top 1%. So I don't get excited and I don't get down when they bring in a certain kicker. It's just it is what it is. You just hope that they don't have to win the game for you. <laughs> Dude, a kicker won the game for Chicago last night. Oh, really? Is that Was that a win? Did y'all watch that game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean like, literally at the did, end, did they, anybody... get, they get a W, and the kicker got all the points. I don't know. Look, I know, I know they say uh, ugly win is still a win, but, man, I, I think the Roger Goodell needs to step in and say, you know what, y'all both lost that game last night. Yeah, you know what's funny about that, Indy? And I, was, I was talking to some people this morning about that. It seems like there's a big gap in between the top-notch football teams and the really bad ones. I mean, there's there's no middle class, it seems like. I mean, you can throw Houston in there, I guess, maybe Buffalo and, and some of those teams, but it really seems like there's a gap in between the good teams and, and the not-so-good teams. You know what? I, without, like, having the standings in front of me, I would almost say is like, I think there's only, like, four or five horrible teams, and then the rest of the guys, anybody could beat anybody. So, and again, I might be speaking out of my backside without having them in front of me, but the two teams we saw yesterday – horrible um arizona is pretty bad but i wouldn't be surprised if you know the colts beat a a top tier team or if uh even tampa bay beats a team but i only think there's about four or five horrible teams then you have your middle class and then you have your elite the philadelphia's the the kansas city chiefs the dallas cowboys (laughs) the dallas cowboys you know so i think there's like a you have your billionaires, the top tier, the teams that I mentioned, and then you have a lot of wealthy teams out there and only a few just horrible uh, four to five, because the Carolinas of the world. So maybe four or five, what I just call horrible teams. Andy Kalou joining us here on the Blitz on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Even though the Texans didn't get the win against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday, um, do you have – there are no moral victories, but I was impressed with the way Houston competed in that game. Um, you know, I, I picked them to lose going in, uh, and at the end, I thought I thought C.J. Stroud was going to pull another one out and get another w- victory. I mean, it's just there is a confidence with this Houston team that, quite frankly, back in August, none of us thought we were going to see. No, I'm with you, and they're ahead of schedule, in my opinion. And you're right; there's absolutely no moral victories, especially with what the Texans have done after, you know, 10 games and after this game, 11, they've gotten the fans to the point where it's okay to expect to win every game that they're going into. But what I saw at the end of the game, I was upset, but then I had to kind of step back and I was appreciative of just watching a very good football game between two good teams. I think even though on this show last week, I said I wasn't feeling good about this Jacksonville game, even with me giving them that respect, I, I forgot how good Jacksonville truly is. There's only two teams with better records than Jacksonville. And then when I look at their three losses, their three losses are to those quality teams 
you know, we just talked about, to the Kansas City Chiefs, to, uh, and I forget off the top of my head, the other two teams, but uh, San Francisco 49ers, uh, and, and to the Texans, who when they first played the Texans. Those are their three losses. So only two teams in the NFL have better records than Jacksonville, and the losses that they have, their three losses, are to all quality teams. That's a very good football team right there. No, I, I agree with you. I think Jacksonville is a, a little underrated by the rest of the country, and in, 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 especially in the National Football League. What I heard after that game, though, ND, and I thought it was kind of interesting because um, a lot of folks were saying we just witnessed the first of what could be a very good quarterback battle within that division for years to come. And even some people going as far as to say, and I'm not sure that I agree with this just yet, that C.J. Stroud, uh, is better than sunshine. What What are your thoughts? You know, I think we're too quick and we want to romanticize the future matchups. Yes, when you're watching those two young quarterbacks, the thought is, oh, for years to come, they're going to be going head-to-head. But I would say just the numbers, the stats in the NFL doesn't bode well for just assuming any guy is going to be the face of the franchise for the next 10 to 15 years. When Deshaun Watson was here, that's what everybody wanted to say. Oh, they found their quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, and because of things going on off the football field, that's not the case. When freaking Carson Wentz was in Philadelphia, we're talking about this is an MVP quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, and I think he's on his fifth team, and he's played as many snaps as the three of us have played this season. <laughs> so it, it's, you, you just never know. Kyler Murray, and I think Kyler Murray's on the rebound, but, you know, there are times where he was going to revolutionize the game, and thanks to Kyle, Kyler Murray, it's okay to draft midgets in the first round to play quarterback. And, and now we're, like, wondering if he's more interested in being a gamer than he is a football player. So I, I think with what I hear about C.J. Stroud, the fact that he's actually uh, a film rat, you know, D'Amico said, like, this guy – loves football, he eats, breathes, sleeps football, I think that's going to help him as far as the longevity. Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, he's already arrived. He's proven his point. Anybody that can come back from a year under Urban Meyer has proven that he's going to have lasting power. But I'm just not ready. Similar to you, I want to jump on that boat and say C.J. Stroud is a foregone conclusion. Is going straight to the Hall of Fame. But we have way too many examples of guys having great starts to their careers and they fizzle out a lot sooner than we expect. Cam Newton's another one. Cam, yeah. I remember after Cam Newton's rookie year, I thought, man, this this guy has a chance to be, you know, the next Randall Cunningham. Uh, but after four or five years, he just kind of fizzled out. Indy Kalu joining us here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Denver coming into town. I, Denver, and you got to credit Russell Wilson, you got to credit – Sean Payton for the way they've turned things around. I mean, they lost their first three games of the year. Uh, They gave up 70 points in a game. Um, And and in reality, they lost their uh, five of their first six, and and now they're on a a five-game win streak. When you look at a team that has had that kind of a turnaround, where's the first place you look and say, well, they must have gotten better here to start getting those wins? With everything you mentioned, I have to look at the nucleus. I I don't want to just give Russell Wilson credit. I don't want to even just give Sean Payton credit because, like you said, when they allowed a team to put up 70 on them, it would have been so easy for the entire team to just pack it in and say, man, this is an embarrassment of a season. Let's get ready for next year. 
But now they've ripped off five wins in a row. Russell Russell Wilson is playing decent ball. I guess you could say he's the ultimate manager. But for them to just bounce back, you know, I'm giving credit to Corden Sutton, you know, SMU product, to uh, Javante Williams, their top rusher, uh, Justin Simmons, who's leading their team in interceptions, Kareem Jackson, former Houston Texan, who they say is one of the true leaders of that team. I I think it's the nucleus. Like somebody had – I guarantee without knowing this, that somebody called a players-only meeting to turn this thing around, and we're seeing the, the benefit of that. You know, J.J. Watt says if you're calling team owner, uh, you know, player-only meetings, you might as well start planning your trip to the Bahamas. You know, who am I to say anything uh, <laughs> against J- the great J.J. Watt? But, but I disagree because it's, I've, I've been part of some uh, teams and seasons where things didn't start off well. And then when the team, the players, say, you know what, screw the coaches, we're going to write this ship where things, uh, you know, worked out better before the season was over. But, yeah, that's like the last desperation is when you have to call a players-only meeting. But that's one of the few times I'll disagree uh, with the great J.J. White. What What do you say in a, in a players-only meeting, Indy? You know, that's a good question. I, I mean, the, the nature of it is going to be – Forget the coaches, forget the media. We're the ones who are playing for us. Because there's this um, this idea, this thought that is from coaches to players and from the coaches that did not play, that the coaches are more vested than the players. And, you know, there are some coaches out there that never played a snap of college football, NFL football, but they treat players like, hey, do it my way, and if you make a mistake, you know, you don't care about the mistake. It's all about what I'm trying to get done here. And when you have those player-only meetings, it's almost like you're reminding one another, like, hey, man, yeah, we get paid a lot of money. Yeah, we live a privileged life, but we love to compete. We love to play football, and we take pride in our name. Like, that's 70 points as a old has-been retired player. When I saw 70 points, I was giggling like a high school girl. Like, <laughs> did you see what happened at Denver? So that that's embarrassing for the current players. So, it's just kind of reminding one another why you're playing the game and taking pride in your name, not not just the team, but in your name. And do you really want to be a part of an organization that is allowing 70 points in the NFL, not college, but the NFL? Yeah, well, and, and, and I mean, their last three weeks, 22, 20, and 12 is what they've allowed. Uh, you go back, you know, uh, four weeks, they, they held Kansas City to nine points. So as they get ready – to come in to Houston this week, and Houston has that game uh, at home. Denver is 2-2 two and two on the road. Um, what's your gut feeling coming into this game? Because I think a lot of people looked at Denver originally and went, well, that'll be a win. Now, I don't know, you can just say that's going to be an easy win for the Texans. Look, I say it every week I'm on the show, and I'll keep saying it. The Houston Texans right now, I believe they could beat the best team in the NFL, and they can lose to one of the worst teams in the NFL. I'm expecting them to beat Denver. Like, like if I was a betting man, I'm betting that they beat Denver. And this isn't a knock against Denver. Again, you can't have a knock against a team that has a five-game win streak. It might be the longest win streak currently in the NFL as we speak. But I also believe that Texas are a good football team at home. They're still upset with the Jaguars loss. I I think they're going to take it to the Broncos. But that would be a quality win, in my opinion, because of the way the Denver Broncos are playing. And it'd be a good sign for a young Houston team to rebound from what Absolutely. was a tough loss and to come back and win a game at home. 
Absolutely, against a hot team. I mean, and and like you said, the way people were thinking about the Broncos, it's almost like that team that sneaks into the playoffs with a 500 record or below 500 record. Those are sometimes the most dangerous teams because they have nothing to lose and they can just go out there and just have all have fun, lay it all on the line, go for it on fourth and three when you typically wouldn't. That that's the mentality I think the Denver Broncos have right now, and that makes for a dangerous team when they also have that sneaky talent. The great Indy Kalu joining us here on the Blitz, generally talking Texans, sometimes some some college football. You got a kid at, at Baylor, but we know you run everything in Houston. Are the Cougars going to hire Jeff Trailer away from UTSA? It's funny. Uh, I was actually talking to my wife about that because his name came up. She was reading some article, and she was like, oh, there's no way he leaves UTSA. You know, San Antonio, she's from San Antonio also, such a great city, and the things he's doing at UTSA. And I was like, yeah, I mean, he has a great home there, but that Tillman Fertitta money will change a lot of minds out there. And for those that don't know, Tillman Fertitta, who owns the Houston Rockets, um, who also owns a bunch of casinos, he he's a huge supporter of University of Houston Athletics. And I could see him opening up the checkbook for a guy like Jeff Trailer. If I had the money and if it was my school, I absolutely would go after him hard. So if, if Tillman Fertitta goes after Jeff as hard as he should, Bye-bye, Roadrunners. He's going to be a coup. Yep. Yeah, I agree. By the way, Indy, just to educate you, the Philadelphia Eagles also have a five-game winning streak. Oh, so yeah, that's expected. You, you know, <laughs> you know that, that's expected. That's, uh, I just wanted to see the look on Jason's face when I said that. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you play the Cowboys twice in a year, you're, it's always going to help you win streak. Couple weeks, man. Couple weeks. <laughs> Couple weeks at Jerry World. We'll see how it works out. ND, always great catching up, my friend. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Is John Jay still in it? I know they're in the playoffs no. last week when I looked. No, no. All right. Well, shout out to one of my old district foes for making it. They're the only team from my old district that seems to be doing something. So shout out to the John Jay Mustang. You know, uh, granted, they weren't a school when you were there because you're old, but uh, Harlan had a really good run as well <laughs> out, out, of that, out, out of that same district. Um, yeah, we, we got Look, this high. is how old I am. When I heard about Harlan, I was like, huh. What a typo. They mean Harlan there. <laughs> I guess yeah. there is a Harlan. No, and, and a second-year school, Piper, they're still alive. They knocked off Alamo Heights. And, of course, the Steel Knights, Steel Knights are, still, are still rolling. Piper? That's the name of the school? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got so many jokes. Just, you just let me go now. Because... Andy, we got to run, man, before you get in trouble. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'll, well, I'll talk and to you And you'll know this. The Smithson Valley Rangers, of course, are still alive in the postseason. But that's not San Antonio. I'm yes, sorry. it is. It's San Antonio. <laughs> that, that is not San Antonio. It, that's San Antonio. All right. Well, Piper, that's who I'm going to be rooting on moving on. <laughs> because we can have so much fun with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be careful, man. You already, uh, we already uh, used one word that you got to worry about, man. You can't go with two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you, man. All right, talk to y'all next week. See you, Good Indy. stuff, Indy Kalu oh, on the Buyers Barricades guest line, where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond uh, online at buyersbarricades.com. Love that guy. He's the best. Yep. He is certainly the best.